0: Oh, that was fun. Although I I usually like putting other people on the hot seat instead of being on the hot seat. But can we just agree that watching yourself on video is like a, a horrible form of torture? it's just the worst. I'm like, why do I squint that much? I didn't know I'm doing it right now, so I'm going to try to not squint as much. And also, I'm very open to there being a better kind of chocolate and peanut butter ice cream than Oberweiss. So if you have other suggestions for me, please let me know. I am starting a whole list. I am a connoisseur. Well, hey, we're going to continue in worship now uh, with the time of receiving our offering. So I want to ask our host to go ahead and come down. And if you've been a part of Soul City for any amount of time, you know that this very building that we are standing in or sitting in is an only God story. It's because of the generosity of Jesus' followers, people who have said, actually, my life is not about myself, it's about God and what He is doing here at this church and in the city that we get to be a part of the ministry that we're a part of. So thank you for that. Uh, My one caveat is if you are new, like Noelle was a few years ago, this is the only part in the gathering that is not for you. Just let those buckets pass you by. We know some of you give old school here in the bucket, some of you give online, that is the way my husband and I give, some of you give via text, Uh, but regardless, we are so grateful for you and the way that you make up this community. Well last week John did a great job starting us off on this handcrafted series where we are getting to dig into a little bit more of who we are and how God has wired us so that we can truly leverage our life and get in the game of being used by God for his kingdom and for his purposes. And John used his spiritual gift of teaching to remind us that actually our life is a story, that God is using our life as a story for him, whether it feels average or mundane or boring or even broken, that God actually wants to show his glory through our story. And over these next few weeks, we're going to be adding different puzzle pieces, different layers on top of your story that will help you truly figure out and hone in on what is the divine purpose that you are here for? What is it that God has gifted and called you to do? And my prayer for us as a community is that in these weeks that are coming, you're like, just dying to get involved, just dying for the way that God wants to use you here uniquely in the body of Christ. Well, this week, this aspect that we are building on is one of spiritual gifts, the divine enablement that you have been given to reflect God's glory and point people back to him. But oftentimes, uh, when we're trying to figure out our gifts, what becomes most apparent is what we're not good at. Anyone have a situation like that before? We were like, oh, this is not me. I am not good at this. Uh, A couple years ago, when I was new on staff at Soul City, Jeannie and Jarrett were so excited because they had this team builder plan for us, and after jumping in Ubers and going across the city, we figured out that we were going to an escape room. Now, lots of people think that those are fun. Has anyone gone to an escape room before? Yes, you think it's fun, don't you? Good for you. So, you know, if you haven't been there before, uh, here's a little bit about how it works. You're like locked into this small room that has been transformed into some theme. In our case, it was this Middle Eastern bazaar, and you have a point in time, 60 minutes, to do all the clues and escape in time so that disastrous things don't happen to you. And then you get to stand with the sign that's like, I escaped, I'm so smart, or not so smart. And so uh, with my eight teammates and I, we went into this little escape room, and the clue comes on the TV, and I'm excited, what's going to happen? And it goes off, and all of a sudden, everyone from my team is like scurry, scurrying around and throwing up shoes and looking for clues, and I'm just standing there, like, <laughs> What? is going on here, and it became very clear after a few short minutes that I was only going to be able to help with a few things, moral support and levity, and so that was basically my role for the 60 minutes. Now, luckily, because my team was so genius, we made it out, and afterwards, Jarrett was so excited to ask me, you know, how did it go? Wasn't it so fun? And I was like, yeah, it was great, I guess. I mean, if you're into the escape room type of thing... Here's all I know to be true. If my life depended on me getting out of an escape room, I would be done. It would be over. There is no chance. So if you're doing an escape room, I will be there. I'll provide the snacks, but that's really all I can do. But let me tell you this. uh, Even though what we're not good at is so apparent sometimes, I believe the gift that you do have is far greater than the gift that you don't have. You know, Maybe for you, you're sensing that God wants to use you in a really meaningful way, but you're not sure how. Or you sense that God has a kingdom assignment for you. You see other people doing it, but you're not sure the lane that God wants you to run in. And you know, one of the biggest questions that we ask about life, what am I meant to do here, right? That's a big question that all of us have to wrestle through. And one of the answers to that question God gives us is through our spiritual gifts you know knowing and using your spiritual gifts is one of the best ways to experience transformation and it's one of the ways we become who we're meant to become so to dig in more we're going to open the bible to first corinthians so go ahead grab that soul city bible right around you or open up your bible app to page 931 931 and i just want to give a small plug for the book of first corinthians if you have been wandering on the bible Wondering, where should I read? What would be meaningful to me right now? 1 Corinthians would be a great place to start. It is so practical, it's challenging, and it speaks to how to grow up in Christ in such a straightforward way. You know, when Paul was writing this back to the church at Corinth, he saw a problem... And the problem was that the Christians that were there were looking like everyone else there. You really couldn't tell the difference between them. They were supposed to be set apart, but they really weren't being set apart. And so in this letter, specifically in this chapter, he talks about, here's a couple different ways I want you to be set apart. First, it's by using your spiritual gifts. It's by pointing people to the Holy Spirit. And second, the way you live that out in unity is going to be so different than the rest of the world that's at odds with each other. So let's dig in chapter 12, verse 1. We're going to skip around. A little bit because there's a lot of content, but you can do this. All right, it says, Now, about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. Then down to verse 4, it says, There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given. For the common good, now in verse one, the spirit that Paul is referring to here is the Holy Spirit, and Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit as the helper. Now, if you remember after Jesus uh, he died, he rose again, he's on earth for forty days, then he ascends back into the clouds, and in his place he sends the Holy Spirit to help build the church to lead and guide people. And then that spirit in turn distributes to us different spiritual gifts to reflect the fullness and the uniqueness of the body of Christ. And here, uh, Paul is writing, if you're really serious about following Jesus, you have to know your spiritual gifts. You cannot be uninformed. You have to know the ways that I have uniquely handcrafted you to point back to the Father. And you know, spiritual gifts are not only for super Christians or people who have grown up in the church or people that have been following Jesus for decades and decades. In the second half of verse 6, Paul says it plainly. If you are a Christ follower, you have been given at least one spiritual gift. So if you're going to go all Eeyore on me today be like, I don't have any spiritual gifts, the Bible negates that, okay? You have at least one spiritual gift. No one has all the spiritual gifts, and no one has none of them. And then Paul goes on to list some of the different spiritual gifts, pointing out their uniquenesses, but then he closes talking about how all those pieces fit together, and he uses this picture of the body. This is from verse 15. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? And as it is, there are many parts, but one body. Anyone here prone to comparison, prone to comparing yourself to others? Man, growing up uh, on my block, half the kids were younger than me and half the kids were older than me. The younger ones were no problem. I forced them to do dance recitals in my backyard, which was basically (laughs) uh, my vocation as a child. But the older ones, I would always find myself comparing to them. And my drawings were never as good as theirs. My hair was never as good as theirs. And it just left me feeling defeated and like I was never good enough. You know, even now, as an adult, I've known my spiritual gifts for a long time. I feel called to be the, in the role that I'm in. And yet sometimes, I find myself comparing myself to Jeannie, one of our lead pastors who also has the spiritual gift of leadership. I compare myself and say, well, if I'm a leader, how come I'm not doing it the way that she's doing it? She must be doing it the right way, and I must be doing it the wrong way. And Paul says, no, 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 I know that you're people prone to comparison, and get this, The gifts look different on different people. One person's prayer gift does not look like another person's prayer gift. And one person's hospitality gift does not look like a hospitality gift. And in fact, that's one of the things that makes us most beautiful as the body of Christ. Check out this quote that I just read. It says this diversity, not uniformity, is the mark of God's handiwork. Wouldn't it be so boring if we were all ears, if we were all noses, if we were all hands? But God says, no, 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 I have made each of you uniquely. I have layered on with your story and your gifts and your passions a completely unique formula so that each of you can be just my image bearer in a world that is desperately looking for people that look like them. Now, what exactly are spiritual gifts? I want to be clear that spiritual gifts are different than your natural talents and abilities. Now, you know that I love basketball, and if you have ever seen Kevin Durant play basketball, you know that man has been made to play basketball. I think it's in his molecules, it's in his long arms, and his long legs. He just has this amazing athleticism. It is so clear that he naturally knows how to play basketball. But it is not... His spiritual gift. A spiritual gift is a little bit different. Spiritual gifts are a divine ability that ultimately points people back to Jesus and builds up the church. Do you see the difference? Uh, Once I asked a guy what his spiritual gift was, and he said, sales and i said oh that's an interesting spiritual gift i don't know that's one of the ones lifted in scripture now he might be very good at uh, selling things however i don't think that's exactly what god was describing when he was talking about this unique enablement that we have been given you know when we know that we have a gift can you imagine yourself on christmas morning or on your birthday when you were a kid and you had gifts How long did you want to wait to open that gift? Yeah, .0 0 seconds, right? You wanted in on that thing right away. You wanted to know what the giver had intended when they gave it to you. How are you going to play with it? How are you going to use it? And I believe that God is saying to us today, Soul City, I have given each of you a gift, and it is your job to open it up and to figure out why I have put it inside of you in this specific body, in this unique point in time. What are you going to do with it? So we are actually going to go on a little journey of figuring out some of the spiritual gifts right now. And I know some of you have taken our quiz. It's super fun, very tongue-in-cheek way. Uh, And I thought today we would be old-school, 1990s version, which is why you got a handout, everybody. Come on. Some people learn with pen and paper. Anyone? Go ahead. Pull this out. Pull your pen out. And I want to go through some of these spiritual gifts I want you to interact with this thing. As I'm describing them, if you think this could be one of your gifts, I want you to circle it. If you think this is absolutely never not your gift, it's like an escape room for you, go ahead. Cross it out. If we are going through these and you think like, hey, this person in my small group, that could be their gift. Or this person that I know from work, I think that this could be one of their spiritual gifts. Go ahead, write those down so you can point those out to them later. This is such important work for us, you guys, to figure out what is the unique way that God has wired you. And what is his purpose for you here on earth through one short time? life now a few quick things i want to point out before we dive in first of all this is not an exhaustive list this does not have all the spiritual gifts in the bible and even the spiritual gifts all listed in the bible are not meant to be an exhaustive list it's just a sampling we have put these into different categories but the categories are just for organization you're not also going to see those in the bible Uh, i also want to be very clear there is no hierarchy of gifts in the body Hear me say this. We want to put a hierarchy and say like, well, if I had this gift, I would be better than if I had this gift. It's just not the case. There's no hierarchy. And also, the Spirit distributes these gifts equally to men and women alike. Here at Soul City, we believe that both men and women have the gift of hospitality. Both men and women have leadership. Both men and women have teaching. Okay, so don't put any of those things in your mind as we go. All right, so to have a lot of fun, I thought we have to get through all these gifts, but I want to be fast. And so I want to do it in eight minutes or less. And if I were Oprah, if I did it, then we would all get a prize. Wouldn't that be so fun? Like, we did it in eight minutes. I don't have a prize, but I'm still going to do the challenge. Do you believe in me? Do you believe I can do this in eight minutes or less? Okay. At the last gathering, I was like, 10 minutes. And then I had time left over. I'm like, okay, I got to make it a better challenge for me this time. So let's dig in, starting with the helping gifts, okay? These are often the -the behind-the-scenes gift in the church that are (laughs) The pillars. of support holding up so much of what happens in the church. Uh, now, I get to experience helps straightforward every day in my life because my husband has the spiritual gift of helps. And let me tell you how that played out just a few weeks ago. We were walking a very short one-block walk to the park, and uh, in, the, in a split second, he saw my neighbor across the street whose door was stuck. She couldn't get into her garage, so Mark sprinted over there. Then literally, we get to the pool, and there's a woman there whose car battery is dead and she needs a jump. And I'm like, see ya, we're going, we're going to the pool. And Mark was like, no, let me figure out what I can do. We walk there, you know? So he gets the jumper, car, you know, he finds another car, he does the whole thing. And I'm playing with the kids in the pool and he comes in and he is just lit up with excitement because he got to use his spiritual gifts of helping. Now me, I was like, I'm just grateful to be in the pool. This is where I wanted to be. I did not want to be in the parking lot. But that is the beauty of the way that God makes different people. Mark was so Uh, jazzed about being able to help next is the spiritual gift of wisdom this is people that can understand things with deeper meaning they can apply knowledge to meet a need in a specific situation these are your go-to people when you're trying to make a tough decision people that can really think with the mind of christ with clarity and help to guide you to make great decisions spiritual gift of administration, these are people uh, that help bring order to chaos. They bring order to chaos. All their computer files are clearly labeled and alphabetized, okay, and they're proud of it, and the organization actually blesses people. They are the get-it-done type of people. Then there are the builders or the craftsmen type people. These are the people that are good at working with their hands, and they know how to make things that can be used for ministry. All over Soul City, there are examples of people who have used their spiritual gift. In fact, the very desk that's out there, the guest services desk, someone built that from scratch. That is the spiritual gift of being a builder. And then the last one in this category is the gift of discernment. These are people that help us discern between truth and untruth, right and wrong. These are the people that pick up on things that might not be obvious to other people. Those are the helping gifts. Okay, how much time do I have? Five minutes. Ooh, it's getting getting tighter. Okay, next are the faith-building gifts. Here's how the faith-building gifts play out. There is a woman on our staff, Alexandria, and every time I'm around her, I just have a deeper belief in the things that are unseen that are actually real. She says things like, listen, God told me to do it, So, I'm just gonna do it. She has this strong gift of faith. Sometimes that plays out for people through the gift of prayer. The Bible uses the word intercession for this. These are people that consistently pray on behalf of others. When you ask them to pray for you, they actually do it, okay? They don't forget, they do it right there on the spot. And their first instinct when they hear about a problem is to pray. The gift of faith is this unwavering belief in God's promises. When you feel like the sky is falling, this is the type of person that looks you in the eye and says, the sky is not falling. God has got you and he's not gonna let you go. The gift of giving. This is cheerfully and creatively giving to God out of your material resources. People with the gift of giving give recreationally, okay? And let's be very clear. God does not only give the gift of giving to people with a lot of resources. He gives the gift of giving to all sorts of people. People that don't make a lot of money, people that do make a lot of money. And the way that they gift the body of Christ is through their generosity. And then last in this one is the gift of healing which is used by God to restore people to wholeness you know there's a lot of different forms of healing needed in our world right emotional healing physical healing many of you might even say your counselor has this spiritual gift all right moving on to the care gifts people with a gift in this category they know how to supernaturally see people and lift other people up a lot of times that happens through shepherding Shepherding is this divine ability to nurture and care for and guide people to becoming like Jesus. And someone here in our church, Rachel, actually, she's sitting right over here. She has a spiritual gift of shepherding. She's on our culinary team. She's on our prayer team. And recently, someone on the team was going through a medical issue. So what did she do? She sends out an email to everyone to say, listen, we're going to put a meal train together, and all of you are going to cook dinner for her. And then one of you is going to drive her, and one of you is going to drive her home, and one of you is going to pray for her. She's a shepherd. She knows how to walk alongside people in the ups and downs of life. Next is the spiritual gift of mercy. These are the people that pour out comfort and care effortlessly. Their heart breaks with those whose hearts are breaking. They're the person you want to call when you have a breakup. Because they're not going to say, I told you you never should have dated that person in the first yeah. place. Okay? They would never say. They would be like, oh, I'm so sorry. Yes. Yeah, so what? These are people with the gift of mercy. Next is encouragement, which literally means to impart courage to someone else. They see the potential in everyone. They can't help but name the good that they see in people. And finally, the gift of hospitality, which equates to radical inclusivity radical inclusivity it's not about centerpieces it's not about uh the best decor in a home but rather it's about setting long tables literally and figuratively where people can come and realize that they're not alone all right how many minutes two minutes i can do this last category is the leadership category okay these gifts lend themselves to motivating people and helping them to achieve a mission. And we are led here at Soul City by two lead pastors that are filled with these leadership gifts. For Jeannie, it mostly looks like the gift of leadership. We look at who's following her. Lots of people are following her as she is inspiring them and motivating them, myself included, to be more fully devoted to Jesus. For Jared, a lot of times that looks like his gift of teaching, the God-given ability to explain and apply God's word. That's the spiritual gift of teaching. Many Sundays, Jared is up here and I just sit in the seats and go, how does he make it look that easy? Like he makes it look like he just rolled out of bed and had all these amazing, fantastic things to say. That's because it's his spiritual gift. It's the way that God wants to encourage the whole body of Christ through that. All right, next is creative communication. It's a, a gift where you are able to communicate God's truth in a variety of art forms. For some people, that might be through video. Some people, that might be through art. For some people, that might be through worship. But God uses them to artfully tell stories that point people back to God. And then last but not least is the gift of evangelism with 57 seconds. I'm not going to give that whole one to evangelism. That wouldn't be fair. But listen, evangelism gets a bad rap, doesn't it? When we think of evangelism, we're like, ugh. But listen, the gift of evangelism, people with this gift are able to share their faith in a way that is not creepy, that is not weird, that is not over the top, in a way that makes people go, I want to know more. They want to lean in. A lot of people with this gift at Soul City serve in our Alpha ministry because they want to help people figure out who is Jesus and how does that apply to my life. Okay, we did it. We get the prize, yes. (laughs) Yes, if Oprah was here, the confetti would fall down. Everyone would get a car. So just imagine that that just happened for you. Uh, But I hope as we went through this, at least one of these stood out as your possible spiritual gift. And I want to encourage you, if you do not know what your spiritual gift is, if you say sales when someone asks you, God is inviting you to take a journey to discover the way that he has uniquely handcrafted you. You know, there is no one foolproof way to do it. Uh, there's the spiritual gifts little quiz we have. There's a longer spiritual gifts test, but it's really a lot of like guess and check, a lot of process of elimination, trial and error. You know, you're invited to say, to do something, and you do it, and you love it, and it's a really clear indicator this could be a gift for you. Or you do something, and you don't love it, and you never want to do it again, and you're like, I'm very clear that is not my gift. But, you know, discovering your gift only scratches the surface of what I believe the Holy Spirit wants to do in and through your life. I believe that God wants to use the gifts he put in you to work through you. And we're actually meant to work on our gifts. It's not just like, poof, you have this gift and now you do it perfectly. It's like, no, you have this gift and now you're responsible to steward it. You know, last weekend was a very epic weekend for me, and it's because I completed and I graduated with my master's in divinity. It's very churchy, very churchy, right? Yeah, yeah, I, uh, the whole time I would say to my brother, like, I look more divine, don't I? Yeah, it's because I'm studying, I'm working on being more divine. So it was a very long and winding journey, over six years that included three kids in between. So you can imagine, it took a long time. And I didn't do it for the hood and I didn't do it for the student loans, although I have both of those now. Uh, I did it because a friend I was sitting with said, hey, you know that you're a pastor, you're you're called to be a pastor, you have experience being a pastor, why wouldn't you want to work on that through more study, through getting better at the things you know you're already called to do? And I thought about it, and I said, I think he's right. I think this is the way that God is asking me to invest in my gifts and my calling to steward those the very best way I know how. It was actually a practical step to develop my spiritual gifts, and a long step. Not all the steps are that long. Let's just let's put it that way. And some of you very, know very clearly what your gifts are. You're maybe even using them here at the church. And today the Spirit wants to say to you, it's time to dig deeper, I know that you know about that gift. I know you've even tried it out a little bit, and I'm asking you to go even further with it. I'm asking you to be even more invested with that gift. I'm actually asking you to even work on that, maybe even read a book on that, or talk to some mentors that have that same gift so that your life can be fully leveraged for God's purposes. You know, knowledge is not enough. Our spiritual gifts are given to be given. Our spiritual gifts are given to us to be given away. And actually, when you're not using your gift here at Soul City in the body of Christ, if this is your church, we're missing something. We are not the full picture of what we could be. We're missing an eye or an ear or a foot or whatever part you are. We are incomplete. You know, God has given you gifts for a reason, He has a ministry assignment that he wants you to complete in the body of Christ. A specific job that he has personally handcrafted you for. And he expects us to use them. He expects us not to just know and be able to rattle off our spiritual gifts. But he says, no, 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 I want you to use them. I want you to serve people. Because for those of us that call ourselves followers of Jesus, our life is not about building up ourselves. Our life is about building up other people. And the way that we've uniquely been designed to do that is through our spiritual gifts. Now, I know you. I know you can think of a thousand reasons not to. Uh, you're busy. Anyone busy? Yes. You travel. Yes. Some of you have kids. You're selfish. Yes. Right? I'm honest. I'm, I'm selfish. But we're created to be contributors were created to be contributors. And I got a front row seat this summer to sing a friend of mine be a contributor in a way that he has never gotten to be before. And some of you know uh, the mayor of Soul City, Joel Barnes. I like to call him the mayor of Soul City. If we had a mayor, it would probably be Joel. And he spent most of his career in the nightclub industry working with uh, the 21 and older crowd. And a few years ago, just felt a stirring and a prompting. They wasn't supposed to be doing that anymore. But he also didn't have a very clear sense of exactly what he was supposed to be doing. And then this spring, our children's pastor, Lauren, sat him down and said, Joel you know that we do a kids camp here this summer, right? And you know we have junior hires in our building, right? And she said, do you think you would be interested in teaching kids? And Joel told me, his first reaction was like, "Uh, I'm going to do 21 and up. Like kids are way lower than the demographic that I serve. But Joel's yes led to him transforming uh, being Joel Barnes to being Captain Awesomer. Check out this picture of Captain <laughs> Awesomer. Yes. Yes. If you want a picture of what it looks like to leverage your life to say yes to God, this is a picture of what it looks like. And here's what Joel said to me this summer. First of all, Joel is already a very passionate guy. It's not like before he was like this and now he's like all jazz. No, no, no. Joel was already very passionate. But he's been on, like, turbo speed all summer. And when I talked to him, I said, like, what is going on with you? And he just said, you know what? This is the best job I've ever had. And it's not because he's getting paid much, because I'll tell you, he's not getting paid much. And it's not because of the costuming either, because that's not, that's not uh, too great either. But it's because he's discovered that he has the spiritual gift of teaching and as he is pouring out with his spiritual gift of teaching god is pouring into him in a, in a more abundant way than he has ever felt before and you know what we need more joel barnes and we don't need more people to be captain awesomer we already have one and not all of you are gifted to serve with kids but some of you are needing to leverage your life so that this gathering can happen on sundays Some of you need to be the people sitting in smaller groups using your spiritual gift of shepherding and hospitality so that people don't feel alone. And you know what a shame it would be if you knew that God had given you a spiritual gift because you had said yes to Jesus, but you never figured it out. You never opened it up. You never said yes. You never tried. We have one short life And what a shame it would be if we wouldn't be the complete picture of the body that God is asking us to be by giving our gifts here at Soul City. For our homework today, we have a very tangible, concrete way to say that you're willing to give your gifts here. Uh, We have a board made by someone with the spiritual gift of being a builder and craftsmanship that says handcrafted, and here to serve, and we have all these dots that symbolize you. They symbolize the people that we need to say yes to using their gifts, to giving their gifts here in the body, and we want you to show up. We want you to be counted by putting your corresponding sticker on one of those white empty dots. These correspond to these different categories on this handout. Some of you go, I for sure have something in the care category. I don't know exactly what it is, but I'm an orange dot. Some of you know You're a yellow dot. We want you to go out there to take your dot and to put it on that wall to say, God, I am here. Would you use me? Because that's what God is looking for. He's looking for a spirit inside of us that says, I'm not only about me. I'm about this community. I'm about this body. I'm not just going to sit here on Sunday mornings. But I'm going to stand up and be counted as one of the people that's using my gifts. And I guarantee you, our church will not look the same if that happens. The joy in this place, I think the roof would blow off every Sunday. Uh, We would be growing deeper in our relationship with Jesus. There would be abundance. And we would see all the gifts at work. And so my prayer as we leave today is that that is the sense that God is stirring in you. That now is the time for your gifts to be given. And I want to pray together to that end. Let's pray. Lord, we are just moved and humbled that your Holy Spirit would give gifts to us, just normal, ordinary people that serve an extraordinary God. And God, I pray today for the people sitting in these seats who have no idea the way that you've handcrafted them. And you are in opening a door. You are inviting them. You're saying, take a look. I want to show you all of the divine ways that I have made you to be. I want to show you what it's fully like to be alive in me. God, for the people that know their gifts and you're inviting them to take a step deeper, to be even more invested than they already are. God, would they follow you? with joy and obedience and humility. And God, together we say, we want to be an accurate description of the beautiful, full God that you are. We welcome all the, diff- all the diversity that you've brought here into this wonderful body. God, I pray that we as a church would be a pleasing sight to you, uh, just a group of normal people doing everything we know how to love you and love others.